Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, I'm Karsten Menke, Head of Next Generation Research at Julius Baer in Zurich. Today, I'm again joined by Chris Irvin, one of our precious metals traders from Singapore. Hi, Chris. Hi, Karsten. Chris, we've sat together at the beginning of the year, discussing what 2021 would bring for gold. Compared to 2020, when we saw this breathtaking record run, 2021 has been much calmer thus far. Prices have moved, I'd say, gradually lower, very much as expected. If you look back at this ending year, what would you say? Does COVID-19 still have an impact on the gold market? I would say the virus has had much less impact on the gold market this year than last, but I would not necessarily that confine that just to precious metals markets. Specifically looking at gold last year, we had shocks that disrupted the flow of gold bars globally, refining capacities. This year, we've not really seen that reoccurrence. So I think markets are really dealing with economies coming back online and gearing up for the potential impact of the enormous amount of stimulus that we've seen thrown at the global economy over the last 18 months. So I'd say COVID-19 has also sort of damaged liquidity in certain areas of markets. In gold specifically, spreads have become wider in certain areas, but the gold derivative market still remains rather deep. The other ones at times have become a little bit more shallow. That's interesting. So it really seems like the precious metal markets in general and the gold market in particular started to live with the virus as financial markets overall did and also, well, as we did. Yes. From my perspective, the pandemic has undoubtedly lost its scare for investors. And I would argue that a scenario like March 2020 seems very much unthinkable as of today. Of course, it's not all smooth sailing, as we know, right? So the year 2021 came with quite a few surprises for investors, most notably inflation. So is this now the big thing for gold investors, something many have been waiting for? I think this topic is going to be very big for many asset classes in the coming years. If signs are starting to show that this is not a transitory spike in inflation and structurally the amount of stimulus and really the fallout from the pandemic has had a much longer term impact, then I feel it will become a big factor. If we look at recently at this multi-year high for US CPI for October when it was over 6%, this was actually a really strong driver for the recent spike in gold this month. How do you guys see the inflation issue in research? Are you concerned? Well, I would say we are watching inflation closely, but we are not concerned. As a bottom line, we are still of the opinion that the rise in inflation is a temporary phenomenon. While this temporary phase is lasting longer than initially expected, we have reached a point where self-healing mechanisms have been set in motion. So higher prices are hurting demand and they are incentivizing supply. Specifically on the energy side, which has been hugely in focus for the past few weeks, we are seeing that some of the artificial tightness caused by policies is being unwound, most notably Chinese coal market, for example. And most importantly, we do not observe any signs of a wage price spiral. What does it mean? This means that companies can pay higher wages without lifting prices as there are strong signs of productivity gains. So we do not share these fears of a wage price spiral. 
I think also for me, what I'm watching now for gold and this is real interest rates. So we've been sitting in deep negative territory there since the middle of last year. First, it was driven by the slashing of nominal rates, and now it's coming from the recent rise in inflation. So I feel the really big shoe that would drop and send gold prices another leg higher would be when the Fed is raising rates, but real rates continue to drop. That would be sort of a a kind of inflationary shock that could bring back its historic hedge against inflation or the demand for it. Yeah, true. I mean, this would certainly be something for gold. Actually, I'm quite surprised that real rates have moved back into the lead for gold as of late. Yes, we are seeing high inflation readings. That's helpful for gold. But the recent record low in U.S. real bond yields, in my view, that is unlikely to last. Firstly, the break-even inflation rates, which have pushed down real bond yields, they reflect the dynamics of U.S. gasoline prices. Beyond the fact that this is an oversimplification of inflation dynamics in financial markets, we remain very convinced that oil and thus gasoline prices will roll over eventually. So this should take some pressure off the inflation expectations and limit the downside for yields from here. Secondly, and that's what we hear from our colleagues in fixed income research, real bond yields have been pushed lower by excessive bond buying by the Federal Reserve. At the moment, the Fed is buying more inflation-protected bonds than the Treasury is emitting. So also this should change sooner or later. But I agree, of course. I mean, if real bond yields fell further or if the economy went into stagflation, this would be very bullish for gold. But let's look at the other side of things. What if the Fed actually started to tighten monetary policy, Chris? So I guess this would be a rather two-pronged topic. What would happen when the Fed eventually tapers purchases? And then what happens when they raise rates? I would actually say that gold has already seen a relative pricing in of some tapering. Spot is still quite a distance from the highs of last summer when we really felt the printing presses were full steam. At one point this year, gold in March was about 20% off the high seen in 2020. And even now, it's barely positive on a year-to-date basis. But luckily, we do have some historic evidence on what the fallout might be. If we look back at the taper tantrum of 2013, this saw gold drop around 30%. But then really when rates began to lift off, that's when we saw the greater impact. That sent gold into a rather nasty five-year bear market. But I think the difference this time is the amount of stimulus has dwarfed anything we've seen in the past. Yeah, that's true. I mean, of course, these numbers, they are mind-boggling, absolutely. But as you know, I don't really buy into the argument that money printing will drive up gold prices. This is too simple, in my view. If that was the case, gold should actually be at record highs. Instead, prices have come down as much as 20% this year, even though they have regained lost ground more recently. Do you know what strikes me the most? Investors have not bought into this rebound. Yeah, correct. They have not bought into any of the four rebounds we've seen this year. They are just staying on the sidelines. Holdings of physically backed gold products, which are my preferred gauge of investment demand or safe haven demand, have seen continued outflows this year. There is no demand for gold as a safe haven. So if safe haven seekers were concerned by money printing, then they should buy, not sell, right? Yeah, this is really curious development in the market. So I also follow ETFs quite closely as well. And historically, they've been really strong drivers of gold prices, whether on heavy periods of redemptions have added extra pressure to spot, or last year, huge buying also saw prices rise quite aggressively with the flow there. But yeah, they've been very, very sidelined for most of the year. But we've not really pulled back enough, perhaps, in spot to cause 
huge outflows from these vehicles just yet. And with long-term fundamentals, perhaps favoring gold in a balanced portfolio, some of these investors may just sit on these positions. But also, if I look at COMEX net length for non-commercials, it's also remained extremely flatlined for most of the year, showing that even on the fund side, no one's really involved right now. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, these short-term speculative traders, they have also been sitting on, on the sidelines. Well, yeah, no, investment demand, clearly, in my view, is the single most important driver of prices. The US dollar matters, and yes, bond yields, they also matter. But if investors don't buy, then gold typically does not move. Hence, I would argue that any rebound, which is not backed by investment demand, should run into resistance sooner or later. And maybe we're a little bit moving onto thinner ice here. How about the notion that gold investors are silently moving over into Bitcoin to better benefit from money printing? This is a story we hear quite frequently. What's your take on it? Yes, more and more frequently, yeah. Indeed, the evidence, I think, is rather soft. Do we think it has had an impact on gold prices this year? I would say yes and no. Many continue to write off gold and say Bitcoin's the new digital gold. In fact, I read an article recently from Noril Rabini, and he used this phrase. He said, Bitcoin may not be around in a number of years, but gold will be. I don't think crypto coins are going away, but it's just like the tech market in 2000. It's become extremely frothy and something may have to give first. So it is likely we will see one or two become more dominant. Whether that is Bitcoin is probably a bit too early to call right now. Yeah, I do see the parallels between gold and Bitcoin conceptually. Both are scarce resources whose creation process and end usage is not substantially linked to overall economic growth. So Bitcoin's future could in fact be a digital gold, even though empirically it does not possess the same safe haven characteristics as gold as of today. And simply speaking, when equities sell off or when equities have a correction, typically we see a steeper correction in cryptos. So they are very much a risk on asset, at least at the moment. But back to gold. Which I would also say is also already quite a digital asset. People say it's very archaic, but... The paper market, the futures market, they're extremely liquid. I can even buy gold on my phone right now if I want. But I'm also certain that blockchain will be integrated into the gold market in the coming years. So whether this is in the paper gold market to improve settlement speed or clearing, or maybe into the physical gold market to help with ESG factors. So you mean tracing where gold comes from? Exactly, yeah. We should say it's also plausible that more speculative investors in the gold market did move into cryptos with the enormous runs this year. But again, this is not really a given. You know, there's an old Wall Street phrase, even a turkey can fly in a strong wind. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true, of course. So I would say that those who were looking for safe haven gold are most likely not the ones now trading cryptos. No. For me, cryptos is is very much about risk-seeking, short-term trading and Maybe also those that believe our current monitoring financial systems are broke, they might have moved from gold into cryptos, but not be your average safe haven seeker. Yeah, that's a valid point. I agree. I feel that gold also makes up a sensible part of a portfolio and your allocation to it really depends on the investor's view of the wider world. Yeah, absolutely. When I think about gold, I think about an insurance. An insurance against any kind of economic or financial market risk both cyclically but even more systemically. In fact, if you analyze gold's monthly returns, the results fully back this insurance analogy. Most of the time, the gold price does not move. The median monthly return since 1975 is 0.0%. Wow. 
However, the average return is 0.5 or 0.6% per month. And this is the same payoff profile as for insurance. Most of the time, you don't get anything, but you're being compensated once the risks strike. I agree. And I feel that this has been a much more widely accepted opinion since 2008. So I really don't feel that gold will become less relevant just yet. So before we finish up, can I ask, what are the bank's forecasts for both gold and silver going into the new year? Yeah, of course. I mean, for gold, we maintain a neutral view. But from current levels, I'd say that that prices are supposed to rather move a little bit lower than, than higher. Why is that? Well, economic risks should recede next year and inflation should come down, which is why there should be less of a need for insurance. There should simply be less safe haven demand. For silver, the view is basically the same. So it, it's unlikely to decouple from gold in a substantial way. But still, we see some more downside as we believe there's a greater risk of investors leaving the silver market. And that's why the view is cautious on silver. But clearly, for both metals, we do not see the recent rebound as the start of a new bull market, but we neither expect a sharp sell-off. Well, thanks for that, Carson. Very interesting. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for your insights. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.